the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It takes a lot of patience to be a cop. And now more than ever, makes you wonder why anybody would want that job. It's one thing for cops to be demonized by political groups. Uh, That's been going on for a long time. But Democrats, including the president, uh, have been doing it lately. And this is what happens. This is a cop pulling over a woman for using her cell phone uh, while she was driving. She's been paying attention to her Democrat leaders, you can tell. going at 38. Yes, you are, ma'am. Good morning. Which is, and the speed limit is 40, and I was going 38, so why are you harassing me? You are me? correct. I pulled you over because... because you're a murderer. Because uh, yes, I started to record because you can't you're a murderer. Be a, you can't be on your cell phone like, I while you're driving. I was on my phone. I was recording you because you scared you can't, me. You can't use your cell I phone while you're recording. you. May I have your driver's license? I, it's, it's at my apartment. What's your apartment? It's at my home. I'm just taking my son to his. Do you therapy. have a, Do you have your driver's license? I it, I mistakenly left it at home. Do you have a picture of your driver's license? Yes, I do. May I have it? And can you call your supervisor, please? I, I already did. He's on his way. Good, because you're a murderer. Okay. And so you're giving me a cell phone ticket. Is that why you're harassing me? not harassment. Yeah. I, I am enforcing the law. I have a right to and record the police when they're harassing me. By all means, but you can't do it while you're driving. I was, I can, I wasn't, doesn't texting or none of that. Do you have, and you had that you picture? you scared me and made me think you were going to murder me. Okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, you're, that's not just a feeling, you're a murderer. Okay. Can you zoom in on that for me, Sure. Jim? Thank you. And I'm perfectly legal and I'm a teacher. So oh. there. Congratulations. Murderer. You're a murderer. What's your last name? I can't see that there. Well, if here you, you stop, go, Stop murderer. shaking. Zoom in on that for no, me, No, because right? you're scaring me. Oh, the... You're threatening to kill me and my son. Can you give me okay. the... Okay. Well, you, you, I'll tell you what. You keep smiling. Yeah, you're on camera. You keep, you're, th- you're trying to threaten to kill me. I'm I didn't not smiling. Say that. You're the one who's... Crazy. Hold that still. I can't see that. Uh, is this your car? Yes, it is. Um, you're trying to say I stole my own car because you're jealous? Yeah, is that what I don't that's think about? so. You wait for me right here, okay? You're jealous. Citation. All you need to do is get your signature. He's only citing you for using your cell phone while you're driving. That's it. There you go, ma'am. Sign inside for the red box a, right there. For him being a Mexican racist. What is that name? Gas. Sign the citation, ma'am. Here you go, Mexican racist. You're always going to be a Mexican. You'll never be white. You know that, right? You'll never be white, which is what you really want to be. You there you go, be dear. White. Have you, a good ma'am. day. You want to be white so bad. There you go. That's she's a teacher. Uh, and she's uh, uh, spreading the word that cops, all cops are murderers. How many times did she call that guy a murderer because he's a cop? And it's all based on stupidity and uh, bad information and numbers that don't add up to, to the narrative, uh, to, to uh, create the narrative. It's beyond stupid. But she is a teacher, and she's telling her kids every day not to be racist. And she's telling them every day that cops are murderers, apparently. This country's in big trouble. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about how families are in trouble and how the Democrats are okay with that. Stick around. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. 
Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. That offers valid through 63021. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19 related disruptions have caused abnormal behavior in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with plug-in pest-free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-in Pestvery. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-in Pestvery goes to work keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair income. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's go. Pestfree.com, promo code P-E-N. Go pestfree.com, promo code PEN. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com code 3388. Enjoy. It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linaclotide, is a prescription that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess. If you have a bowel blockage, get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Lens S and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor today. You may be able to save on Lens S and make fewer trips to the pharmacy. See if you're eligible to pay as little as $30 for 90 days. Visit LensS.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, we've been told for years that Democrats are all about working families. Of course, nobody really knows what a working family is. But uh, we also know that uh, mostly what Democrats are about is really big government uh, taking over and running your life. Remember Hillary and it takes a village. It's been a while now. Maybe you remember that. Is it really about replacing the family? Terry Schilling is the executive director of American Principles Project, and he thinks so. He joins us now. Terry, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, John. So um, Joe Biden's $1.8 trillion plan is called the American Families Plan. Are you actually saying it's really not about families? How can that be? Well, it's very obvious it's not about families because less than 20% is actually direct support for families. When you add up this bill, it's $1.8 trillion. And you take that and you divide it by 72 million. That's how many children are in America. You could give parents $24,000 for every child they have. 
That's how you know that this bill is not about helping American families at all. This is about taking over their families, getting them more into the workplace, taking more time away from them and their children. This is a disaster, and and it's just basically Obamacare, but for families. Yeah, you know, you can. I, I look at uh, so many government programs, uh, and this is a biggie. This uh, what we've been seeing these trillion dollar packages, and you know, I I, I just wonder if it pla- passes the helicopter test, which is just flying over the areas that you're spending the money and just dropping the money out of the helicopter, just letting it float down, and let people pick it up. But in some ways, it might be better than uh, all the bureaucrats and everything that's involved in them trying to put this together. You're absolutely right, John. This is the thing is that, you know, if you talk to American families, like especially working class and poor families, they don't want free daycare. They don't want their kids, you know, getting two free years of community college. They want more financial assistance. They want better paying jobs so that they can spend more time with their families. What Joe Biden doesn't understand and what the Democrats don't understand is that families work so that they can provide for their kids. That's why parents go to work and work really hard and long hours, but they want to spend more time with them. They don't want more universal pre-K or daycare. They want to spend more time with their families. They they can barely breathe. They need to get the the boot off of their throats. Yeah, and I remember when kids didn't go to school until kindergarten. Uh, And now they're going to school at three and uh, four years old. But uh, this plan includes $200 million for free universal preschool. And why is that a problem? Because... And how does that disrupt the family just by making it free? Well, frankly, how I see it is kids are already away from their parents for 13 years, kindergarten through, through 12th grade. And what the Democrats are trying to do now that they, they've got this indoctrination curriculum across the country with the 1619 Project, Critical Race Theory, Common Core Math, all of this stuff – what they're doing by extending it to two years for universal pre-K and then additional two years for, for community college, they're taking our kids and giving them another four years of indoctrination against us and against the American uh, uh, experiment. And that's why it's a nightmare and a disaster. This isn't free college education. It's not free universal pre-K. We're paying for it, and our kids mm-hmm. are going to pay for it in, 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 in terms of socialism and big government. Yeah, uh, I just had a, a story here in uh in West Virginia, right down the road from where we are here, um, West Virginia just passed a school choice uh, law where every fa- every kid gets forty six hundred dollars. Uh, the parents get forty six hundred dollars for each kid, and they can spend it anywhere, any way they want. So, you could send your kid to a pretty good uh, preschool for forty six hundred bucks. I think that seems like a pretty That's good exactly- idea. That's exactly right, John. And here's the thing. I live in Fairfax County. Actually, Fairfax County, Virginia is not that different from a lot of school districts. They spend $17,000 a year per pupil. My kids should be learning Latin for that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you have these school choice programs where the parents are getting $4,600 per kid, and they still get to go to a good school. Let's do that. The public schools can keep the rest, and we can actually get our kids a good education. The reason Democrats oppose school choice programs like that is because it's not about the money. It's about the indoctrination. It's about taking our kids' minds and their souls. Yeah. uh, Is it – now, do you think this is a – an, uh, a, a diabolical plan that 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 they are working on that they they they're looking into the future and, and I mean I I I I'm trying to give them a little bit of credit to not be that diabolical but and just just assign it to their usual just pandering for votes by throwing money at people I mean how much of it is just the typical Democrat let's spend money and get votes that way and how much of it is a uh, diabolical plan to just uh, take over the minds of children. Well, John, you know, I mean, you and I both know that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. The Democrats here, they have good intentions. They just have the wrong intentions. What they believe is, is that, you know, these kids that are being raised today, they aren't learning enough. They're learning racism in the home and that they need to correct this. And that's why they're introducing all this crazy curriculum in schools and teaching our kids that, you know, America was, wasn't founded in 1776. It was founded in 1619 on slavery. They're trying to do their best. They just are starting with the wrong premise. Uh, America is a good country. She's always been a good country. She's done some bad things before. Uh, but we shouldn't teach our kids that America is evil because it's not true. America is a good country, and our kids should know about the good and the bad and the 
stars and everything we've been through because it's part of the it's part of the glory it's part of the good and um so no look this is just democratic pandering they really do think that they're doing the right thing they just are doing the worst possible thing and we still need to call them out for for how bad this is and where it leads now lots of kids go to private preschools uh they're run by churches there are a lot of them around here where i live uh my grandkids went to those uh, but, but would this put them out of business I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, the, 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 what I can tell you is, is that as parents have to choose between paying for a private preschool versus paying for, you know, a federally approved preschool, uh, you know, that's going to be a big question mark. And, and, and furthermore, the other thing that we need to consider is how the effect that this will have on the private and religious preschools. Are, is the federal government going to set standards that change how the preschools operate and change what these what these schools teach kids. If that's the case, and this is even worse than what we, what we think it is right now. Why is that? Well, because right now you have a free competition for ideas. And what happens when the federal government gets involved in setting standards and setting requirements is they set them at the bare minimum. Because this is a big nation. It's got 320 million people. So they set very low standards. And so, you know, if you're a, if you're a, a private or religious school, what's going to happen is you're going to lower your standards because you don't have to reach as high as to get the federal dollars. Um, and, you know, it just it creates a race to the bottom. We saw this with Common Core. We've seen this with the Department of Education, the grants that they've been giving out for over 40 years, and um, it hasn't panned out very well. Uh, the, the, uh, the COVID hysteria has uh, more families thinking about school choice, and as I said, the West Virginia is one state. There are other states that are moving in that direction. Is this uh, um, um, a concerted and a, uh, a blatant move to stop that movement? Oh, you know, that, you're the first person that's brought this up. I, I think it's a very interesting um, suggestion. Look, I wouldn't put anything, you know, behind, you know, past the Democrats. They, they, they're very smart. They're very strategic. They know what they have going for them with the public school system. They have a lot of control. They have a lot of influence over our kids. And, you know, I, I don't know if it'll stop. That's the thing is they might be trying to stop this movement towards school choice and private schooling. But the thing is, I, I talk to every day and parents are really upset at how their kids aren't in school how the, at the content that their kids are learning and, and just at the overall quality of the schools and the teachers i mean this is the kid the schools are talking way too much about racism and race and and focusing way too much on divisive stuff that they really should they should be focused on science and math and, and reading the classics and literature but they're taking all of that stuff out of our schools and focusing on the garbage um so look, I, I don't. They might be trying to stop uh, the school choice movement, but it's not going to work. Parents are really upset at the direction of education in this country. Uh, we're talking to Terry Schilling. He's the executive director of American Principles Project. Before we uh, called you to be on the show uh, we, uh, at the beginning of the show here today, Terry, I ran a, a video. Maybe you've seen it of the um, of the uh, of the cop pulling over the woman with the cell phone and her calling him a murderer yeah. and a racist. Have you seen that? Yeah, well, she's a teacher, um, and if she is willing to look a cop in the eye who's done nothing except do his job and call him a murderer and then uh, call him a Mexican racist, she uh, the next day she was in teaching kids in school, teaching them the same thing. That's what that's that's what we're dealing with. I mean, that and this attitude has been uh, uh, promoted by people as high as the president of the United States, that, that, that cops are racist. I mean, how, how's, how do you overcome that? Well, John, you're exactly right. It, you know, what, how we're going to overcome this is by getting more and more kids out of the public school system. This is what's happened. Is, is, this is, uh, our school system has rotted away. It's been taken over by well-intentioned but bad people who are teaching our kids really bad stuff. We all know that cops are heroes. Are there some bad cops? Yes. But as we saw in that video, there are also bad teachers. Even though we love 99% of our teachers, there's always teachers like that in that video who, who malign people based on the color of their skin and assume that they're terrible based on their background and, and where they come from and, and their job. So the big thing that we have to do is start giving parents more control and more power over the content of their kids' education, but also the teachers that are in their schools, because this teacher is not an exception to the rule. This is the standard now that is in most public schools. 
It's pretty scary. Um, and I wonder if any teachers thought that video and show it to their kids and uh, point to the cop and say, this is how you should act. And see this teacher here? This is how you should not act uh, when, when you're dealing with a policeman or anybody. You shouldn't be rude like this. I mean, I just wonder how many teachers would take the uh, opportunity to sh- show how patient that cop was and uh, and how that's the way you're supposed to, to um, comport yourself. Well, you know, I, I actually, I, I agree with you. I, I wonder how many people or how many teachers are going to do that with their kids. I, I'm just highly skeptical if they're going to do it. Look, teachers, even especially the good teachers, they're afraid about speaking out. They're afraid about standing up to these, these, yeah. these racial bullies uh, who are pushing them around. This is really going to end up coming down to parents. Parents, you need to sit down with your children at least once a week and talk to them about these types of issues. Sit down with your kids. Talk to them about this video. Show them the difference in, 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 in behavior and show them the right and wrong in this stuff. That's what's going to be most powerful. You can't rely on the teachers to teach your kids anymore. You have to step up to the plate and ensure that your kids are getting educated and educated in the right way. Well, Joe wants everybody to get two years of junior college for free because uh, he says 13 years of government schooling is obviously just not enough anymore, as you mentioned that. Is is the ultimate goal here just to federalize all education? I mean, just take it all out of the states and, and, and put it in the federal government? Right. Yeah. No, this is the, this is the second step, right? I mean, you know, back, uh, you know, I think it was around 10 years ago, the federal government uh, federalized all student loans. So that was the first bite at the apple. This is the next bite. And so they're going into community colleges and next it'll be three, four year college education. Now, here's the problem. College educations aren't worth anything anymore because everyone has one. You, you mm-hmm. compare a, a newly graduated college student with a bachelor's degree. They're making $50,000, if that, when they graduate on average. You take a, an electrical a, apprentice right out of his apprenticeship. He's making $65,000, but guess what, John? He doesn't have $100,000 in student loan debt. College yeah. degrees are a loser now, and, and I'm doing this with my kids. I'm not sending them to college. It's not worth it. I'd rather give them hundred grand to start a new business, and I'll coach them through it. I'll help them get through it. I want to invest in their success. I don't want them indoctrinating. I don't want them thinking that they have to just check off a box of college education. We need to really revamp our entire education system from, from kindergarten all the way to, to, to college. And you think about some of the things that the kids are majoring in now, gender studies and the stuff that they're wasting their time with at, you know, at a $50,000 a year clip. It's pretty amazing. Um, so well, John, uh, it's fewer- not just wasting their time. It, it, they're, they're rotting their brains. I mean, they're, they're, they're not just wasting yeah. their time and sitting there. They're actually doing damage to themselves. They're dividing themselves against their fellow Americans. It's terrible. Now, a fewer people are getting married than ever before, and fewer kids are being born uh, now. What can uh, or, or should uh, the government do about that? And, and how's the American Families Plan going to affect that? Well, uh, I actually think that, that the American Families Plan will exacerbate the, mer- the, 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 the lack of marriages and the lack of, of childbirth, primarily because its main incentives are to get parents into the workforce more and out of the home more. Now, this is not about families spending more time together or having more kids and being able to afford them. This is about getting more kids in a universal pre-K. What really needs to happen, if we want to turn this marriage deficit and, and, and birth rate deficit around is we need to make it easier to get married and have kids. We need to incentivize it more. You know, families have to pay a lot in taxes. There's lots of things that other governments have done, like in Europe, uh, that have incentivized uh, family formation in a free market way. You look at countries like Hungary. Hungary says if you have two children, you only have to pay your, your, your federal tax rate is, is alleviated by 50% of what it would be if you had no children. And if you have four children, you don't pay federal taxes ever again. So we need to start looking and, and it's a very simple logic, right? Because by having four kids, you are creating four future taxpayers who are going to bring in more revenue than just yourself would bring in over those years. So it's, it's a very smart plan. We need to start looking at more pro family economic plans like what Hungary has done. 
Well, I'm sorry, Terry, but that makes way too much sense. We can't be doing anything like that. I hate to disappoint you. <laughs> I'm out of time, Terry. I really appreciate you coming on. It's American Principles Project. Where can they find you? Very easy. AmericanPrincipalsProject.org. We're the NRA for families. Very good. Thank you, Terry. Thanks, John. Okay, we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A leading Republican says President Biden is misleading the American public about his proposed tax hike. Bob Agnew reports. Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton doesn't think much of President Biden's claim that under his tax hike, no one who earns less than $400,000 a year will have to pay more. Joe Biden's statement is obviously false. Cotton tells his Salem Radio Network the plan includes a new marriage penalty and says consumers can expect to pay more as businesses pass along their own tax burden in the form of higher prices. It's also going to be less jobs for their employees. So obviously less take on pay if you don't have a job as well. One way or the other, Cotton says, the Biden tax hike will impact all American working families. Bob Agnew reporting. Reports of a major progress suggest indirect talks between the U.S. and Iran may be nearing a conclusion. Despite efforts by U.S. officials to play down chances of an imminent deal that would bring Washington and Tehran back into compliance with the 2015 nuclear deal. This is SRN News. Seems like just yesterday when I captured my son's first steps or when we recorded his soccer games on VHS tapes. Those moments are gone. But the old home movies and pictures don't need to be. That's why my son created Legacy Box. That's right, Mom. Over 800,000 families have used Legacy Box to digitally preserve their home movies and photos. Simply fill Legacy Box with your old camcorder tapes, film, and photos. They will professionally digitize and send them back on DVDs, thumb drive, or the cloud. With family staying close and Mother's Day around the corner, it's the perfect time to get your legacy box and save your family's history. After all, few things are as important as protecting your precious memories. Give your mom a Mother's Day present she'll never forget. Plus, Legacy Box is offering a 50% discount. Order your Legacy Box today. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX and for a limited time, get an incredible 50% off your order. This is one of the best discounts we've offered. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 50% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer.com. Hugh Hewitt, The Hugh Hewitt Show. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. On the next Hugh Hewitt Show, Brian Westbury, the economist I turn to for realistic assessments of where we are headed. And inflation is headed our way. We'll cover the numbers with Brian Westbury on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt, weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250, The Answer. This is Dennis Prager along with fellow host Mike Gallagher. Both want to invite you to join us for the trip of a lifetime to the Holy Land this October. I personally can't get enough of the great state of Israel and its historical significance. Join us to be amazed and inspired. Dennis and I have planned out every minute of this trip in detail with Salem Media Group and our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. You'll have the best experience imaginable. We're confident by October our trip will be safe, so register today worry-free until July 6th with no cancellation fees. We'll sail on the Sea of Galilee in boats that are replicas of the ones Jesus sailed in with his disciples. Experience unforgettable cuisine and join us for an authentic Sabbath service. It's something you'll never forget. Go to StandWithIsraelTour.com to register or call 855-565-5519. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Book worry-free until July 6th. Oh, whale! Guys, whale! Wow, whale. Oh, that's a big whale. Um, okay. Whale, whale, whale. Oh, no! Whale! The tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at progressive.com. Well, at least it wasn't a shark, am I right? <laughs> <sighs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Got delays on the wet weather not helping. Gonna need the headlights and wipers on outbound on the parkway east. Still really backed up from Glenwood out to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. That's about an eight-minute delay on the inbound side, slowing to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Parkway West actually not doing too badly. You will see congestion on the inbound side of 28 Fox Chapel Road to the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. 
1250, The Answer. Weather. It'll be cloudy tonight with rain at times, along with a thunderstorm. We'll see a nighttime low of 52. Tomorrow, cloudy skies in the morning with a brief shower or two. Then we'll see clouds and some sunshine in the afternoon. It'll be breezy and much cooler with a high of 55. Thursday will be cool with sunshine, followed by increasing clouds. Expect a high Thursday of 59. With your Mackey Weather Forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Now, it hasn't been a good week for the media, at least it hasn't for the media's credibility. The New York Times, Washington Post, and NBC were all wrong on a story about the FBI's raid on Rudy Giuliani's apartment. And the Washington Post did a hit piece on a black senator by questioning his heritage and the effect of slavery on his family and then doubled down on it when when they were called out. Jeff McCall is a professor of communications at DePaul University and a media critic for FoxNews.com and The Hill. Also, uh, I guess he qualifies as a regular guest on this radio program now. I always like to get him on to talk about uh, the media. He joins us now. Jeff, thanks for coming on again. You're welcome, John. Always great to be with you. So uh, let's start with the story about Giuliani. Um, All three of those uh, outlets reported that the FBI had warned him that he was a target of a Russian disinformation campaign, and it was all based on anonymous sources. Um, Have the rules on using anonymous uh, sources changed over the years uh, in newsrooms, uh, whether it be TV or newspaper? Well, I think one way they've changed is that we have a lot of establishment media now willing to take information from anonymous sources but not hold them accountable. And I think that's one of the key factors in this story is that these news outlets took information from anonymous sources. They cited it in their original reports. Of course, then other outlets repeated and copied what was reported first in the Washington Post. But that when the information turns out to be incorrect, uh, the media outlets, the original ones, don't burn that source. And I think a principled media outlet, but by the way, that's asking for a lot in this day and age to ask for media outlets to be principled. But a principled media outlet would burn that source or rat them out and expose them as having released or leaked inaccurate information. But I think that one of the motivations for not doing that for these mainstream media outlets is they like getting leaks from sources, and they like to be able to say, oh, we have a source told us that, and and they don't do anything to even verify the information later. And I think this is is where I think – I mean, we've always had anonymous sources in journalism, and I'm not opposed to that necessarily. One of the keys always has been over the years, though, that if you get an anonymous source, you darn well better try to substantiate it in advance – and you also better hold that source's feet to the fire to let them know that you're not going to cover for them if the information is wrong. And I think that's where the standards have changed over the years because, you know, you know, whole, you know the whole Watergate thing was based on an anonymous source for, for long, a long period of time. But the information coming out turned out later to have been verified and, and accurate. Uh, and so, I mean, that, that was understandable. But, you know, th- and, and another thing I think is worth pondering here for just a second is whether or not these anonymous sources really are somewhere to be found in the governmental hierarchy, whether there really are leakers that are either duping or using the media for their own selfish purposes. But I think it's also at least worth raising the prospect that some of this stuff is just being totally made up um, and that it's easy for uh, an an agenda-driven reporter at the Washington Post or New York Times or someplace to say, hey, I don't like this stuff about Giuliani. Let's just fabricate something and throw it out there. But, you know, let's just assume they really do have a source, but either they're either get, they're getting duped or used by these leakers or it's all fabricated to start with. But either way, it looks bad for the media and independent verification uh, should be happening in these newsrooms, and it's just not. Um. And these leakers know exactly what they're doing, don't they? And, and you're talking about, in, in this case, uh, someone from within the government, whether it's uh, someone at the FBI, someone in the Justice Department, um, they uh, are experienced in leaking. That's part of their job, and, the, and, and that's an art, isn't it? It's a, Knowing it, who it, to it, leak to and when oh, to leak sure. it. I'm sure these people know 
that if they leak these kinds of stories about Russians and Giuliani and OAN, I'm sure they know that the folks at the Washington Post or New York Times or whatever, they're all going to eat it up and run as fast as they can to get it on the air. And that's where I think these media organizations should just be ashamed of themselves because they're getting used and abused and they don't even have enough sense to realize that they're being worked by these people who have their own selfish purposes in mind. But as long as it serves the media organization's overall agenda setting, they're comfortable going along with it. And, you know, another sad thing about this whole thing is that, you know, that information gets spread. It gets all over the Internet. It gets all over these news outlets. MSNBC can't stop talking about Giuliani being a Russian tool and stuff like that. They talk about it for hours at a time. And then when we find out later that that was all, you know, a bunch of nonsense, they don't ever go back and have another panel discussion to say, how did we get used? Or, you know, we need to make sure we get all this corrected on the record and that sort of thing. You know, and the Washington Post ran a little correction for their mistake in this process. But it's really little help after the falsehood has been all over the news agenda and picked up by all kinds of other news outlets. And it, it is a case of uh, it's, it's become one news outlet trusting another outlet's bad sources, assuming that, well, if, if Washington Post has this, uh, this m- it must be a good source. They wouldn't run with it if, it if it weren't a good source. Yeah, and this is, again, where news organizations that have any hustle at all or any integrity at all are not just going to report what their competition <laughs> Uh, well, maybe they're not viewed as competition anymore, but right. they're not, they, they should not be running what competing media, theoretically competing media, are running. They should say, hey, that's an interesting story, but they need to go out and verify it themselves. And if they're not doing that, I mean, at a certain point, it, well, it's unprofessional, but beyond that, it's, it's simply lazy. Yeah, big time. I, I remember uh, working in TV news, uh, you know, uh, and it, and it, I'm sure it happens. Still happens today with the with the uh, with the cable news outlets. Uh, th- there was always somebody when it was this, was it was time for the six o'clock news. Uh, there was there were all the producers, the news director, uh, and every. St- I worked at uh, two stations in two different news departments. Uh, it was always uh, every day at at six o'clock, or now it's earlier than that, five o'clock, because they have four and five o'clock newscasts. But sure, when the newscast came on. Uh, all the producers and the news director were sitting in the room watching all three local channels at the same time uh, to see if someone else got a story that they didn't have. And when they did, boy, would it cause chaos in the newsroom. Hey, what, why don't we have that? But they wouldn't just put it on the air five minutes later and report it because the station down the street did. The, yeah. the, 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 uh, the, the plan would be, Get somebody on that story. Let's verify that, and let's, we want to report it ourselves as, our, as a story. They don't, and maybe they would, they're not doing that anymore. They, they would have their own version, and they would want to have their own sources. And Channel 6 in Indianapolis would not, not go on the air and say, well, Channel 13 just had a report a little while ago, and then just repeat yeah. whatever that information was. They had enough integrity, number one, to be able to claim the story and own it themselves, but also to do their own legwork and to verify it on their own, because – you know, you can never count on any media report being accurate, and I would never want to report what somebody else did just because they had it. You need to get your own facts, and that's where I think these organizations, number one, are lazy, but they're lazy in, in, a, in a corrupt way that is pushing agendas, and I think that's even worse. You know, lazy and corrupt is worse than just lazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... um it, is it, how did they do on their retractions, though? Did they were they thorough enough on those, or was it typical, you know, story on page one, retraction on page twelve? Oh, very thin. Uh, you know, basically a, a little note at the bottom of a story that's saying, "Oh, we've updated this story to show a correction and that sort of thing." And this is interesting. Glenn Greenwald, the independent journalist who writes for Substack, had yeah. a report today where he was going back through the tweets of the various news organizations and found out the original tweets with the false information were still up. (laughs) And that uh, the news organizations and the reporters involved had not even gone back into their own social media accounts to update or correct 
their false information. And I think that tells you the motivation of these news organizations that they put information out there that was wrong. They found out later that it was wrong, but it's kind of like, oh, that's too bad. We don't care. We're just going to leave the false information up there on our social media sites. And that, that, that tells us a lot. And again, this is, this is a pattern that we've talked about before, you know, Trump, Russia, election collusion, Russian bounties on U.S. soldiers. You know, Governor Cuomo is the great COVID fighter, Officer right. Sicknick at the Capitol on January 6th. So we've had a whole series of incorrect, false reports that run all across the nation. And think of how many news consumers believe all that stuff because they never see the corrections uh, or never find out anything to the contrary. And how much of this is on the editor, uh, Jeff? I mean, whether it's the news do- uh, pro- executive producer of the newscast or whether it's an editor at a, uh, at a place like the Washington Post. I hesitate to call them newspapers anymore because they're more websites than they are newspapers. But sure. uh, still, it's, it's, the, it's the same idea. You've got, you got an editor. Um, how much of it is on them? And, and how much of it is on them not being willing to have repercussions for employees who report bad stories? It's all on them, actually, and you raise a really good point there because responsibility has to start at the top, and all of these stories go through several levels of editorial discretion. So, like, we don't just have one reporter at the New York Times who goes rogue and puts something directly on their website or in their newspaper. The same thing at NBC or any of these places. They all have, you know, producers and writers and executive producers and, you know, even higher up than that in the hierarchy, you know, presidents and general managers and that sort of thing. So, I mean, it really starts with all of those guys because they have created a newsroom culture where laziness and corruption is okay, and they're endorsing it, and they're hiring the people who are coming in here and playing fast and loose with the truth and being willing to get suckered by anonymous sources who are using them for their selfish purposes. Am I imagining it, or did it, did it used to be a fireable offense for a reporter to uh, do a story that's that big about an, an issue that's that important that's going to get that kind of coverage, uh, and if it's whether it was lazy or just ineptitude that resulted in the story, laziness or ineptitude, um, that, that would, you'd be fired. That, yeah. that you can't do that. But I don't think that happens anymore. I mean, you don't hear about these reporters. For you hear about the story being retracted. You hear about what a bad job it was that, that the the outlet did on the story. But you just don't hear about a reporter being fired for incompetence, which is a pretty good thing to be fired for. Yeah, there are no there are no consequences. And in fact, I mean, you're and again, you're ex- exactly right. The reporter used to take the pipe for this, but also the reporter's producer or editor would also have taken the pipe for this for having yeah. waved that story through. And so there's no accountability at the reporting level, but no accountability at the managerial level either. And that, that's very sad. Uh, and, you know, I don't want to harp on this too much, but, I, you know, this is an ongoing theme here. This is very bad for democracy because the, we have media outlets and major media outlets, ones that set the national agenda like the Washington Post, that have become media stooges for the state. (laughs) And that's not a good thing because the free press was established to serve as surrogates for the citizenry and not to be mouthpieces and stooges for bad actors within the government hierarchy, which is what we've seen in these last several stories. Talking to Jeff McCall, he's a professor of communications at DePaul University, and he's also been a media critic for foxnews.com and The Hill. Um, and uh, he's a regular guest here on the show. I always like to have him on. Um, also, uh, a guy, this, this uh, guy, Paul Fari, I think how he pronounced his name, F-A-H-R-I, he's writing for the Washington Post, and this, is there, this was in, his, uh, in the retraction or the correction, whatever you want to call it. And he wrote, quote, It appears that competitive pressures and a lack of response from Giuliani and his representatives on deadline helped push the stories in the wrong direction, unquote. I mean, aren't those things factors in every story that you do? That, you know, that you have a deadline, you have uh, a subject that you're writing a piece about who's not cooperating, and you have competition. I mean, doesn't that exist in just about every story that you do? Yeah, it, it, it exists on every story. And also in this Internet era, there's a deadline every five seconds. 
And right. so to be able to say, oh, well, we had a deadline, like, you know, stop the presses or anything like that, like from, you know, the front page stories of, yeah. you know, years back, uh, you don't need to hurry anymore. You can take the extra few minutes uh, to make sure that it's right. So this notion that, oh, the deadline made us do it, or sounds like Flip Wilson, kind of like the devil made right. me do it. You know, yeah. the deadline was the problem here, uh, I think, is a false argument. Uh, and the reason is because there are deadlines all the time. And in Reporting 101, you know, any professor with any sense will always emphasize to the reporting students, you don't ever rush with anything to meet a deadline if you don't have 100% confidence in the accuracy of the information. And that, yeah, that's just it, a simple rule of thumb, and it, and it doesn't take a genius to live that out. Yeah, I mean, and this guy actually mentions uh, on deadline helped push the stories in the wrong direction as if a deadline is something new. That, that's uh, that, I don't care if you're working for a newspaper, radio, TV. That, there's, a, there's a conflict between the news is supposed to come on at 11 o'clock, and we're working on a story, but we don't know if we have the facts right yet. Do we go with it or do we wait till we get it right? I mean, that, that's just such a basic 101 thing that you should be teaching your students, right? And it should be an easy call as well. It should be an easy call. And also the notion that they're, they're blaming part of the, the inaccuracy that Giuliani's people didn't respond in a timely manner. It's kind of like, well, that, right. that's separate. <laughs> that's a separate matter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, if I were Giuliani's people, I would have responded more quickly. And you know, they, they need to be in damage control all the time, given that right. he's such a lightning rod. But whether his whether his people respond or he responds is separate from whether or not the original story was accurate and verified to start with. Now to be uh, fair and balanced here, the New York Post had a story about Kamala Harris's books being handed out uh, to uh, kids coming across the border that turned out to be bogus. How do you think they handled that? Well, not very well originally because I think they were too quick to run with their agenda as well. Yep. And so the fact that this was done poorly in an inaccurate way, uh, basically they should get all the same criticism that we've been you know, throwing out at the Washington Post right. here lately. Uh, I must say, though, uh, that I don't think that story got spread nationally as much as some of these other ones that we've talked about with Sicknick and DeSantis and Giuliani. And that's, but that's partly because the mainstream media won't pick up on something the New York Post reports. Uh, the Hunter Biden story last fall is, you know, evidence. Well, and it's also one. negative about Joe Biden, and they don't want to do that. Sure, but uh, but they they at least did acknowledge at some point that it was incorrect. But again, they were too quick to pull the trigger on that, and it would have been easy to have done more investigating before they actually ran with that story. Now, and I haven't heard that. I, I don't know all the details about that, but whoever was responsible for that story getting into the New York Post should be fired. Well, I would That's think just... so. And, and part of the thing is <laughs> they're really reaching to try to find something controversial. I mean, th this is kind of, you know, Kamala Harris's book, whatever it is, you know, whether it's getting handed out on a street corner in San Diego or given to immigrants right. or whatever, kind of like that, that's in the like small ball category. And yeah. so I'm thinking, especially with those kinds of stories, it, it wouldn't take that much to try to, to verify it or to just sit on it until you do get it verified. This is not something like, well, we have to get this out right away or national security's at stake or anything. So this would have been a very easy one to just sit on until you had it verified. And what do you think about the Washington Post story on Senator Scott, uh, the black senator from South Carolina, uh, who did the, the rebuttal to uh, the president's speech last week? They were already, I mean, they, they produced a piece that really questioned uh, his, the, his life story about having been uh, uh, the, uh, the descendant of, a, of slaves and, and what his family had to go through. That seemed like it was um, kind of coordinated with the Democrats because it was a hit piece on him scheduled just in time for him to be the, the, the rebuttal guy to the, to the speech. Yeah. You know, Tim Scott has been in the pub public eye now for several years. It's not like he yeah. just showed up the other day or anything. So, I mean, this is a piece that I think probably was being teed up to use at that opportune moment when he is trying to get some attention uh, as a rebuttal speaker for, you know, Biden's address to Congress. But, you know, Tim Scott on a broader rhetorical level is an interesting case because he doesn't fit the mold or the model of what, you know, the mainstream media would portray as uh, an African-American politician. Um, and but so 
it's very interesting to see how they want to characterize him because, you know, they don't want him to get traction or to get recognition as a United States senator from a southern state. And that's supposed to be an isn't that an investigative story is supposed to be a news story and not an opinion piece, correct? And it kind, oh, yeah, wasn't sure. that kind of a combining the two there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's another part of the credibility problem the media has is that they blend opinion now so much with with hard news reporting. But I think the main thing with the whole Tim Scott issue is that, you know, he was selected to represent his party to speak after President Biden. Uh, his message was sensible. Uh, he, he made statements that showed he was proud to be an American. Uh, he was poised. Uh, and in that regard, they kind of figured this is not the kind of uh, Republican politician that we can uh, take lightly here. We'd better find some way to, uh, you know, disenfranchise him or delegitimize him early on uh, so that he doesn't become a national figure or a spokesperson for Republican positions. Hey, um, Jeff, I'm out of time. I always enjoy talking media stuff with you. You are uh, you're all over it, man. I appreciate it. Always great to chat with you, too, John. Okay, that's uh, thank you. That's Jeff McCall, professor of communications at DePaul University, and he knows his stuff. We'll be right back. seems like just yesterday when I captured my son's first steps or when we recorded his soccer games on VHS tapes. Those moments are gone. But the old home movies and pictures don't need to be. That's why my son created Legacy Box. That's right, Mom. Over 800,000 families have used Legacy Box to digitally preserve their home movies and photos. Simply fill Legacy Box with your old camcorder tapes, film, and photos. They will professionally digitize and send them back on DVDs, thumb drive, or the cloud. With family staying close and Mother's Day around the corner, it's the perfect time to get your legacy box and save your family's history. After all, few things are as important as protecting your precious memories. Give your mom a Mother's Day present she'll never forget. Plus, Legacy Box is offering a 50% discount. Order your Legacy Box today. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. And for a limited time, get an incredible 50% off your order. This is one of the best discounts we've offered. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 50% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing, but are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. I think uh, uh, it's it's time for uh, the people in the media should be, uh, call, people are in the media are more than happy to call for the firing of someone uh, for something that they did or something that they said, uh, and the, you know, the whole cancel culture thing, and and uh, and you, you see politi- uh, political figures are quick to say that this person or that person should lose their job it's time that uh and whether it's conservative media or liberal media it's time uh, it's time to start firing people for screwing up they got to start doing it i'll talk to you tomorrow the john staggerwald show is a production of the answer pittsburgh and salem media group